Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank Brother Bobby and all of our praise team for taking us right into the throne room of God. Powerful worship. We're thankful for it. We'll get right into the word this morning. If you'll join me in the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter 9 and we'll read verses 57 through 62. I'd like to say if you're a guest in this house today, we're certainly thankful that you've taken time out of your day to be in the house of the Lord with us. We certainly don't take that for granted, and we'll hope you make it a standing appointment to be in the house of the Lord with us every time you are able. Luke nine fifty seven through 62, the Bible reads, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes. And birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. In verse 62, And Jesus said, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And so this morning, very simply, I just want to speak to us about true discipleship. True discipleship. Would you lift your hands to heaven and would you lift your voices and help me pray, Lord, We love you today, God, and we thank you for your presence that has been in this place so strongly, so evidently, God. We are standing before you, Lord, as frail flesh. We don't have all the answers, God, but we know that you do. And so we stand before you now, God, in this moment, saying to you that we trust you with our very lives. We trust you, God. We trust your word, and we trust your spirit. And we ask you to bless us and anoint us together with your word. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I believe that can certainly reside in every person. Perhaps to varying degrees. But we all face some tendency to hesitate whether it's in business or whether some area of our lives, we all possess the potential to procrastinate. We all tend to put off 
the difficult decisions in life to procrastinate them away. And I know this because we all live in the same frail flesh. The ability to put things off, it rests upon every person in this building and beyond today. Yet I am here to boldly say that there are some things that we simply cannot afford to put off. There are some very important decisions that we simply can't stand by and wait for them to magically take care of themselves. And these, we must be intent and we must be proactive. And if we are not careful, a whole lifetime can pass us by without ever accomplishing those important goals that we once held in such high esteem. An entire lifetime can be forever changed and forever altered by one hesitation, by one wrong decision, and by one missed opportunity. Now let me just clear the air here on the onset. I am standing before you today as a living example of someone who has missed opportunities. I stand before you as someone who has absolutely hesitated in making the right decisions, and I have certainly procrastinated those decisions away. But today, I want to also stand before you and boldly declare the word of God that in this day and in this moment, Right here and in right now, we have been given one more opportunity. We have been given one more chance to set the trajectory of our future and everyone around us. We have been given the gift to make the right decision right here and right now as we speak. We have been given the gift and a space to repent and we've been given the gift to turn around and head all in the right direction and we have been given the grace in which to do it. Would somebody say amen? We have been given the opportunity right here and right now not to hesitate another moment. We've been given one more chance not to waste another moment. And we've been given the opportunity to do whatever it takes in order to do what God is mandating us to do. Benjamin Franklin once said, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Mark Twain once comically said, don't put off until tomorrow what can be done day after tomorrow. But I'm here to tell us all, don't put off until another moment what must be done today because the opportunity may well never present itself to you again. Some things we are not able to procrastinate. Some things we are not afforded the opportunity to just push them off to the side. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot put off repentance and we must do it right here and right now. But once we do that, once we have repented of our sins and once we have changed our life around there is one more thing that we do not have the ability or the time to procrastinate away we cannot afford to hesitate when it comes to kingdom business 
You see, the kingdom of God is dynamic. The kingdom of God is constantly moving forward. And if we are going to do what God has called us to do, we must constantly move forward and make progress in it and along with it. You see, that's what Jesus came preaching. He came preaching the kingdom. He came preaching that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is present. And then he began and proceeded to demonstrate what that kingdom really looked like. He journeyed. He proceeded. He preached and he taught with a missionary mindset. He healed the sick and he raised the dead and he set at liberty those that were bound. And he commanded people to follow him and to imitate what he did. It was the kingdom. It was the kingdom business. It was not stationary. It was not inert. It was not standing still. But it was constantly and forever moving forward because that is the purpose of the kingdom. The purpose that God sent his only begotten son. He robed himself in flesh. He stepped off of his throne to show us what the kingdom is and what the kingdom looks like. He stepped off of his throne and into this world to show us the purpose in which the kingdom is to operate. It is simply to send. It is to be sent. It is to preach, to teach, to become disciples of Jesus Christ and to make disciples. That's the purpose. But we are human. Luke 9 57 through 62 we've already read it here we encounter a snapshot it's a discourse if you will involving three would be disciples three different individuals no doubt each from differing backgrounds yet all three of them possess a certain trait that can be seen in commonality to all three. All three of these men, they stand in stark contrast to the 12 men that Jesus would initially call to follow me. For some, they simply dropped everything they were doing when he passed by and said, follow me. They quit everything they were doing and they immediately followed Jesus but for some there seems to be this hesitancy this hesitancy that seemed to grip their very soul and would eventually send them into obscurity seemingly never to be heard from again and it came to pass that as they went in the way a certain man said unto him Lord I will follow thee whithersoever Thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. This will be the first thing that we face on the road to true discipleship. When we are making the decision to follow him and to do what he's called us to do, this will be the first thing 
that we are faced with in our walk with God. Hear me. It is the cost. Here Jesus tells him in the onset, I'm homeless. I have nowhere to lay my head. And I have given up every creature comfort in order to fulfill my purpose. The brutal honesty from God calls this man seemingly Paul's and we never hear from him again. He started out eager. He started out on fire. He started out ready to follow him wherever he would go. But the cost seemed to be too great. Now hear me. Jesus was not deterring him. He was not attempting to deny him access into the kingdom. And he was not trying to discourage this man. But let me tell you, God loves us too much not to be completely and utterly honest with us in the onset. He's telling him, man, if you're going to do this, this, there's going to be some things that you're going to have to lay down. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to give up. And there's going to be some things that you are going to lose in this exchange. You see, that's the way the kingdom works. Just earlier in the chapter, Jesus tells his followers to gain first. You're going to have to lose and to be great in the kingdom first you're going to have to humble yourself and you're going to have to pick up your cross and you're going to have to follow me because the denial of self is always the start and the absolute foundation of true discipleship but hear me that is only the beginning and that is not the end 59 through 60 and he said unto another follow me but he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. Now, at first glance, if we were just on the outside looking in, this could seem like a very cruel statement to say to an individual, but that is far from the truth because in every situation, the the Bible says that the word of God is powerful, it's quick, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It gets down into the morrow. It gets down into the heart of the issue, and that is what God is doing here. He looks into the deeper part of the matter. He looks beyond the surface and into the heart. But on the outside, the statement seems like it would be a noble cause. It appears to be a nobility in this man to say, let me go and take care of this before I follow you. Let me first and go and bury my father. I don't know if you understand this or not, but I read this. This was a tradition that was held by the Jews that if a man had the duty, any duty, to perform to the dead, he was for that time and in that season free from the observance of any other 
precept or any other duty. He only had to take care of that one thing. But Jesus' response demonstrates that real true discipleship is not always a simple decision between moral right and moral wrong because true discipleship is a heart issue and it goes down into the joints and into the marrow because where your treasure lies that's where your heart will be found. It's where your focus is. It's what you've set your light on. It's what you've set your life on and that will determine your destination but true discipleship Discipleship, men and women who have made up their mind to follow him wherever he called them to go, they have put kingdom business first. This man would have to refuse the right to bury his own father in order to become a disciple of Jesus Christ because kingdom business always takes precedent and it always requires discipline. Not only to lay down sinful preoccupations but also to give up everything that would have the potential of holding you back. Jesus was not being unkind. He was saying here in this moment you got to do what you want to do. You got your own will and you can make up your own mind. But right here and right now you've got a choice to make. You can either go back. You can either go back to what you've always done. You can all. You can go back into the, into the tradition that you've always known and rest there. Or you can follow me into the potential and the promise of a true disciple. Hear me today. There will always let me say it over and over and over again. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you're way down the line. There will always be legitimate circumstances that can cause you to question your walk with God. And there will always be legitimate circumstances that can take you back and out of kingdom business. Out of the place where you should be. But hear me today. We've got to guard against that. We've got to get our minds focused on him and him alone. And we cannot allow even the legitimacy of circumstances to take us out of the equation. The Lord could see the potential downfall that this hesitation would cause this man. He could see where everything was heading. He told him, You let the spiritually dead bury their own dead and you follow me into the promise of God. Hear me today. He was giving him instruction. He was telling him don't allow something else to take the place of what I'm calling you to do. And if I can tell somebody here today, don't let anything else come between you and your calling. Don't let anything else come between you and what God is asking you to do. Don't let anything else take precedent over what God is calling you to do and drawing you back instead of going forward in him. Hear me now if you will just trust him if you will just put all of your hope in him. If you will just lay down everything that is trying to hold you back. God will make a way for you. Just move forward and God will make a way for you. Brother Everett just talked about this the other day. If you'll just step that water will part and God will make a way for you. Just move 
forward. Wasn't it Jesus that said, therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knoweth. That means he knows not just today, but into your tomorrows. He knoweth that you have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Jesus said, don't worry about the things. Don't worry about the stuff. That's what the world is after. That's what the world is looking for. If you'll just set your eyes on me, if you'll just get behind me and let me lead you and guide you, I'll lead you and guide you and I'll make a way for you. Just focus yourself on the kingdom and seek him right now in this moment and everything else will take care of itself yet there is one final aspect there is one more thing that we should discuss with this here one more potential hindrance and another also said Lord I will follow thee but let me first go bid them farewell. Which are at my home, at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus now moves from instruction into warning he goes from instructing from admonition to warning again God always sees into the heart of the matter on the surface, another noble statement, I'll follow you. But first, let me go take care of some other things first. Let me go back and get some things in order. And then I'll follow you. First, let me go take care of this. And when I'm done, then I'll give you my time and my attention. He only wished to say goodbye to his family or was it that he only wished to go and confer with his family? Was it that he wanted to go and say goodbye or was it that he wanted to go and confer? What do you think? What should I do? Is this real? Is there a purpose in this? Should I really follow this man? Should I? Shouldn't I? Can I tell you today that if you're asking questions, don't ask any more questions. I'm not asking you to blindly follow as if you're just giving up all your intellect. But God said, if you'll just follow me, I'll take care of every peripheral thing in your life. You only wish to say goodbye 
to his family. In fact, he was pulling some Old Testament instances out into the new in 1 Kings 19 where Elijah permitted Elisha to do this very thing. But Jesus always looks to the heart of the matter. Was it really his motive or was his apparatus to go back into the things that he already knew and to the things that he already done. And this is where God moves from instruction to warning. If you go back, you're not even fit to have even started in the first place. He understands that a preoccupation would stifle his forward progress for himself and in the kingdom of God. He understood that if he returned to his former life, it would cause him to lose out with God and it would cause him to lose out with what God is calling him to do. Jesus was essentially telling this man, going back simply isn't an option. I'm going this way and if you go back that way by the time you get back here I might not be standing here anymore because I've got a mission and I'm going forward and if you're going with me you better go now. You better hit your wagon to this now and I'm going to take you into your promise. He was telling him that going back simply was not an option because a dispensational change was about to occur. A dispensational change was on the horizon and the kingdom was at hand and it was moving forward. Can I tell you today, we are living in the last days and another dispensational change is right on the horizon. The kingdom of God is moving forward and looking back and longing for something in our past or thinking of something in our past will only hinder your forward progress and the kingdom of God as a whole. Hear me today. Every person in this building, every man, every woman, and every child under the sound of my voice is called to do something in the kingdom of God. Every single family, hear me, every family in this church and in the church as a whole has a place in the kingdom and an integral part in bringing about revival in the kingdom of God. I'm here to tell you today, don't look back. Don't put your hand to the plow and then look back and long for something else, but keep your eyes forward and let God God call you into true discipleship to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Hear me. It's time. It's past time. It's beyond time to move forward in him. It's beyond time for you to step forward into that proverbial river and let those waters part and make us be able to go on dry land together. A perimeter relationship will not be enough. Just standing on the outskirts of what is going on in the kingdom will not be sufficient. But as we move forward, the road will open. The road will open and God will carry us in to our promise. So, let's just shift gears here for just a second. If we are going, let me just say this. If I I'm going to move forward 
and do what God is calling me to do. I must understand that the road will be a rough road. God said that I will make crooked places straight. But he never said that there would not be some hills and some valleys in that straight way. As we move closer to the second coming of the Lord, there is going to be more required from every individual under the sound of my voice. Jesus said that the only way to become what he has called us to be is to deny oneself, to take up your cross and follow him. His entire ministry, his entire earthly existence was pointed toward a goal. His entire walk was pointed toward Jerusalem. It was pointed toward Calvary. And if we are going to be what he has called us to be, we must go to that rocky hill with him and die out to every bit of flesh that is in our lives and be crucified with him. Paul said, I I am crucified with Christ. In order to be called His, we must be able and willing to surrender all. Now this is contrary to what you will hear in the majority of the Christian world today. This is an absolute black and white contrast to what you will hear preached and taught in this generation. Much of the church world has faded into easy believism and they have faded into this prosperity gospel that says it's just a soft message and there's no real commitment. You can have all you want right here and right now with seemingly least and less of God. It's a path of least resistance. There's no doctrine. It's a wide way. It's all inclusive. Come as you are. Leave as you were. Don't change. Just just come and just be a part and everything will just work out just okay and all fine. A man wrote a poem that is very, very reminiscent to this today. He wrote it way back in the day, but it is here and it is now. It simply says, I would like to buy three dollars worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I'd don't want enough of God to make me love a black man or pick beats with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God. Please hear me. 
that is only a fishes and loaves mentality. It's only the mentality that says that I'll stay along and I'll stay here as long as I'm getting something out of this. But as soon as that changes, as soon as something is required of me, or it might get a little tight in here, well, I got to find somewhere else to go. But hear me today. We need something more on the inside of us that will keep us, that will keep us grounded, not just $3 worth. Hear me. What we need more than a fishes and loaves mentality is a Ruth tenacity. I don't have enough time to go back into the story, but what we need more today is not a fishes and loaves. I'm not just here for what I can get, but I'm here to give. I'm here to be what you call me to be. I'm here to do what you call me to do. We need a Ruth tenacity. And they lifted up their voice and they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth claimed unto her mother. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou with thy sister-in-law. And in Ruth, Ruth, something welled up on the inside of her. And she said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people will be my people. And thy God will be my God. Where thou diest, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Ruth said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back to what I used to do. I'm not going back to what I used to know. But I'm cleaving unto you. And I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Ruth in her determination was to move forward even in the uncertainty of the next road in the bend. And hear me today, when Ruth set her, her face like flint, and she cleaved unto her mother-in-law. Ruth not only secured herself there, but Ruth secured her future. She is found in the opening lines of Matthew in the direct lineage of Jesus Christ. She gave up everything. She gave up everything she knew and the Bible says she clave unto her mother-in-law. Hear me today. We need a generation of Ruth to stand up and say, I'm going to be here. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. No matter what even though there may be mountains to climb and even though there may be some sleepless nights and there may be some times where I don't have anywhere to lay my head but hear me God is faithful and God will see us through our circumstance all we need all we need in this day and time is not another program. All we need this day and time is not better musicians or better singers or even better preachers. We need people that will stand and say, preach the word of God to me. Preach it straight to me. I want to hear it. I want to cleave unto it. And I want to follow it with everything that I have. People that will say, I'm not going back. No matter how tough this may get, no matter how sharp the words may come, 
I'm going to let God carry me into my future. Hear me today. What we need more than anything in this world are some people that will stand up and say, I'm going to buy the truth and I'm not going to sell it for anything or anybody. I'm going to buy it with everything that I have. I'm going all in. I'm going to buy all the truth, not just $3 worth of it. I'm going to get all of this that I can get. I'm going to stand and I'm going to say that there's one God who is is God who is father of all who is in all and through you all I'm going to stand boldly and say here oh Israel there is only one God and you better love him with all your heart with all your soul and with all your might I'm going to stand and I'm going to preach Acts 2.38 then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and I'm going to preach a holy lifestyle. Come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I'm going to be here no matter what. I don't have itching ears. I don't want to heap to myself teachers that'll just tickle my ears and tell me what I want to hear. But pastor, preach it to me. Preach it straight to me. I want to hear it. I want to live it. I want to follow it. In fact, this cool go with the flow Jesus that everybody in the world talks about no, Jesus spoke some very pointed things. Jesus spoke some very hard truths. But they were necessary and they were needful for them and for us. Hear me. As the road of Jerusalem became shorter, Jesus' closest father, followers, or even those that would call themselves that, as the intended destination came closer, it also became less and less crowded. The road seemed to be a little too narrow. Perhaps the words cut a little too close to where they were living and all those once proclaiming that they would follow him whithersoever thou goest simply walk with him no more I'm coming to a close if our musicians will get ready it happened so much so that Jesus would even eventually turn to the twelve say will you leave me also but a spirit of Ruth rose up in a man named Peter and Simon Peter answered him Lord to whom shall we go thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ the son of the living God, you see, when the road begins to get a little tougher, and it will, and the call to commitment requires a bit more of my attention, and it will, our fleshly tendency is to 
back up or to go back or to hesitate in the moment. When things begin to occur, this is the time that we must get our life in order. We must get our heart in order. We must get our eyes on the prize. Paul said, I'm not looking back. I'm pressing forward toward the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. And so the things that can cause us to be distracted in this world are increasing more and more and more. Stay with me now. The things that can cause us to go back, the things that have the potential to keep us stumbling, the things that have the potential of causing us to waste away and out of the kingdom of God are increasing more and more and more. The things that seem legitimate, that can present themselves in such a way that would cause us to say, let me go take care of this first. Then, then I'll follow you. Hear me. It would be the enemy's good pleasure in this moment, in this moment, to frustrate forward progress and he will use any means possible in which to do it. Legitimate, noble, maybe, but they are not expedient. Paul said all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Not everything is in my best interest, but I've got to get my mind and my soul and my heart fixed on God and God alone, and he will take care of everything else. The road to discipleship, the road to true discipleship certainly is not a road that is often traveled. In fact, it is probably one of the least trodden paths in our world today. For some, the cost is simply too great. For others, preoccupation seems to take precedent and priority. And so I'm here to tell you today, whether you are looking at insurmountable odds in front of you, whether you are standing in a place where your past is calling you to come back, God, in this moment, is calling you to move forward. I feel something settling down in this house now. As everyone stands at a pivotal moment in time, Things are vying for your attention. Trying to distract you from what really matters in life. God, in this moment, is calling you to walk 
forward in to him. Put God first and he will make everything else work out. Count the cost, absolutely. But buy this truth with everything you have and sell it not. Follow him faithfully. Preach the kingdom and make disciples. And for whatever you do, don't go back. Don't look back. Don't even turn your head, but keep it forward. Keep it as blinders on. I'm not looking to the left and I'm not looking to the right, but I'm moving forward in God and God is going to make a way. Would somebody lift your hands now? Would somebody lift your voice? If there's something that you need to get rid of today, I implore you, don't leave this building until you have an encounter with God. Make your way to this altar and recommit your life to Him and tell Him, I'll go wherever I can go. I'll do whatever you call me to do. I'll do This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.